0: welcome to the everybody moves podcast so excited to to get this rolling Uh, my name is andrew moran i'm a doctor of physical therapy at odom health and wellness and i'm joined by our founder and medical doctor uh, dr john odom and boy are we excited we're
1: (laughs) so excited so excited what an amazing opportunity long overdue but uh Mm -hmm. but we're excited to kick this off
0: And we wanted to start out with just uh, setting the tone for what this is. And the the Everybody Moves podcast is just that we're we're out here kind of on a journey seeking to find ways to help the human experience, help people move, because we know that movement breeds this thriving that we want to see and achieve as we progress through age and and makes us more intentional, purposeful for loved ones and activities that define who we are. Um, So that's what this is about and so to start out doc we got to go and just chat a little bit about training for just a minute and then we'll get into our main topic which is diving into the knee and hearing from Dr. Odom as far as regenerative medicine the ins and outs regarding that but um, let's just chat a little bit about uh, what's what's training what's life looking like right now for even just a minute uh, or so.
1: Yeah, may, maybe we can even start by just uh, giving a little background. I mean, since this is kind Let's of the it. first, a little bit of, of a inaugural mm-hmm. uh, podcast, if you will, um, maybe, you know, m- many in our audience don't know who we are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, <laughs> maybe we can just give them a, just a brief introduction of, of your background and kind of how, how you came to this position.
0: Perfect. I love it. So, yeah, to start out, I, that's a great idea. And so my background is... Uh, By trade, I'm a a doctor of physical therapy, Um, and growing up, I was always a team sports athlete, have an affinity for sport and challenging myself with strength training and all different forms of training and staying active, and um, got to know Dr. Odom at a younger age when uh, really I was seeking out how do I find out what I want to be, and so that's how we originally got connected, right? And through that partnership has really been just an amazing ride, an amazing journey into seeing this come into from a medicine approach and how do we how do we piece that together and so I decided to go off to PT school to learn a thing or two about it and gosh it's just been a fun journey ever since really pushing the needle alongside of Dr. Odom and our awesome team really um, and seeking to provide solutions where we know there are pitfalls in the healthcare system right now. Um, and helping people get back to these activities that really, again, define who who people are, and so that's really what I get to do. I get to uh, work and and see a high uh, population of a lot of endurance athletes, but then also a lot of just variability of patients coming in, people who are looking to get healthy and stay healthy, and um, and I get to the privilege of leading an amazing team on our physical therapy side, and we have uh, massage therapy and personal training, and and it's uh, yeah, it's been a great ride. How about Shelf Doc?
1: Yeah, you know it. Uh, it it uh, it's been an interesting journey. It's been a great journey. Um, uh, Group in Colorado, married in Minnesota, and so that's how I ended up here. Had had always been an athlete, kind of like you, my whole life. Uh, played Division One football, and uh, you know after that was done, um, kind of struggled for a little bit to kind of figure out, you know what what my sport or activity was. Kind of got into endurance after that, and so have have kind of been on the endurance kick uh, ever since. And and really, it's it's just been a lifestyle that I've completely enjoyed. It, it's been so much a, a, a part of who I am, and and kind of how God has made me. And so it's it's been fun to uh, just kind of continue in that, and then even more fun to be able to combine my passions personally, right, with with mm-hmm. what I do professionally. And so just feel so blessed to be able to do that. I mean, to not only, you know, live it, but to also kind of practice it. I mean, that, that's unique. And then then to have a team of professionals around me who also love to practice, it, it, it's led to a really neat culture. Uh, so this, this, you know, kind of, you know, being active thing is, is more than a model for us. It's, it's, it's a way of life. It's something we believe deeply in. Um, and so it's, it's been fun to not only grow in that personally in the passions that I do, but also be able to share that with my patients professionally. So uh, yeah, that's a, a little bit about uh, who I am. I went to medical school at University of Colorado, did my fellowship uh, in sports medicine here in Minneapolis, and has been essentially practicing sports medicine ever since.
0: Fantastic. Amazing. And I imagine this will be a part one of just as we continue to share more info and getting to know um, our team and, and specifically you, Dr. Odom so yeah um, these days we're, we're kind of in uh, this is currently in October in Minnesota here so we're kind of just starting to get into the fall temperatures weather's changing a little bit on the running side which we both uh, resonates with us in the endurance world um, we're talking about you know marathons are going on and then also what do we do in this off season slash prepping for maybe what's to come um, and I know I, I'm, I'm gonna throw my hat in the ring for a 70.3 for my first, uh, first half iron, which is insane for me. I work with a ton of these uh, amazing triathletes and runners in clinic and have uh, been able to get to the marathon distance and, and push the needle a little bit myself with running, but this is a new thing for me. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, we know, Doc, you're on the pickle court a good amount. What does is, what is activity and training look like for you at this point?
1: Yeah, so, um, I, you know, triathlons are near and dear to me. I've been the team physician for U.S. triathlon team for many, many, many years and uh, have done a few full irons, several half irons. Uh, and so, yeah, in the spring, I'll probably try to join you on that half as <laughs> well. Um, um, right now, yeah, this season for me is uh, I, I love the snow, and so I love to ski. So I love both downhill Nordic. And so mm-hmm. this season of my life is 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 starting to roller ski, uh, dry land train for for Nordic. Mm-hmm. And uh, my next race will probably be the Berkey in February.
0: Very cool. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Well, awesome. Um, what do you say we dive into a little bit of knee nice yeah. stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So essentially what we wanted to unpack here today as the main kind of item is the knee joint in itself. Um, We know that this is a very common area that a lot of people deal with as far as getting some pushback, uh, both just on the, just everyday person, but especially the individual that's looking to train and and stay healthy and stay active, right? Which we know is again, near and dear to our hearts. And, um, but unfortunately sometimes that can breed injury, right? And, and um i know neither of us are immune to this but how how hard do we train and how hard do we push ourselves right and sometimes we can be a little uh uncalibrated if you will right and sometimes we can push a little too hard sometimes we don't push enough and prepare enough for something that's coming up right so all those factors start to start to lead to sometimes some pushback right um, and so a big part of dr Odin's practice that i wanted to ask you about is regenerative medicine and we hear that term maybe thrown around a little bit more now than we have in the past but I thought it'd be a perfect way to kick things off. Just asking you broad strokes. What is regenerative medicine for kind of the then in, in layman terms? Right. And just in terms of like we hear these 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 almost buzzwords, if you will, thrown around. but what actually kind of is it right? Um, how would you describe that to the maybe to the listener?
1: Yeah, that's uh... Like you said, Andrew, that, that's a, a big word and uh, there's a lot of different definitions and kind of depends who you talk to. So I'm glad we kind of get a chance to break it down and, and try to talk about it in simple terms uh, because there is so much information and I you know, dare say misinformation about it. And so it's great to kind of clear the record and uh, and talk very specifically about it. Uh, again, many different practitioners have different definitions of, of what they think it is. Um, I'd say in sports medicine, it's the process of trying to repair injured tissue. Hmm. And so and, uh, and, and and you can do that obviously with non-biological means. So you, you you can do that through eccentric strengthening. you can do that through bracing. you can do, do that through, you know icing, blood flow mechanisms, that sort of thing. You can do that through manual, you know, kind of therapies and that kind of stuff. So when we talk specifically about regeneration in sports medicine, we're talking the use of biologics, specifically injecting biologics. And so by that, I mean um, products um, or terms like prolotherapy, PRP, which stands for plasma-rich platelets, and then using mesenchymal cells, and so all three of those um, different type of injectables or biologics um, give a little bit different response, have a little bit different mechanism. Again, in, in the case of prolotherapy, the active you know molecule there is simple dextrose, and the case of PRP, the active molecule or cell there is a platelet, many many platelets, but a platelet. Yeah. And then again, the active you know thing there in uh, in the in the third approach is kind of a, a super cells. So you have some mesenchymal cells, you have some growth factor cells, you have you know uh, a, a bunch of different cells that mm-hmm. that I would say are in the mix. And again, the 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 main differences or the main objective of those things are to stimulate the tissue's repair mechanisms. Um, And so that's obviously much different than, you know, what the audience and and many of my patients are more familiar with again, and that is cortisone, which again, people are very familiar with cortisone Mm -hmm. that has no kind of regenerative properties, if you will. It's supposed to be an anti-inflammatory, and yet most of the things that we deal with are kind of beyond the acute inflammatory phase, which is usually one to six weeks. Um, And so we're familiar with cortisone, but... If you look at it, it really doesn't make a lot of sense in a sports application, um, in the healing of of, of tissue, uh, and so these these kind of you know treatments approaches um, again really help to do that. Really help to kind of uh, heal tissue and kind of you know uh, allow the repair process to be more vigorous. Uh, they're also very good at uh, reducing inflammation, and so again, whether you're talking um, you know, lateral apocondylosis, tennis elbow, you're talking, you know, degenerative arthritis in the knee, you know, one of the characteristics is, um, this kind of chronic inflammation that, that, that ensues that gives you chronic pain that impairs the normal repair process. So, um, so that's in general what it is, how it works. And, um, and some of the, the ideas behind it.
0: Fantastic. Yeah, it's a big topic, and simplifying that is, is extremely helpful, I think, just in terms of what are the moving parts, how can we wrap our minds around that, right? And I guess maybe we go right into the knee itself, and this is a pretty big population if I know, just what we see at our clinic, and I'm sure that would be, other clinicians would echo that just across kind of the, the state and the nation even. Um, what would you say is a normal presentation for someone coming in seeking to see you, kind of for this with a knee? Like, what types of injuries? What is like a patient profile? What does that normally look like?
1: Yeah, that that that's a good question, Andrew. I, I think obviously it it is a, a question that has many answers because it is 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 varied, so varied uh, mm-hmm. as, as the, the many patients I see, um, and I think that's important. Like, no no. Uh, it's not there's no cookie cutter. Mm-hmm. no no one case is exactly the same. Everybody has a few kind of different, uh, elements to their case that, that makes it unique. And so that's why I think the, the, the clinical application, clinical assessment is so Mm -hmm. important. You know, the, 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 the evaluation that you're able to do with the patient, the evaluation and physical exam I'm able to do with the patient, the ultrasound evaluation, all these things uh, are important data points that really helps us make a better decision. Mm -hmm. And so it, it is an important point that, that not every, all patients are in essence different. And so, um, when, when I think in broad strokes of, of good candidates and that sort of thing, I, I typically think of a patient, um, and it, you know, again, it may be a 30 year old, maybe a 55 year old. Um, but and, and I've, I've seen both this week. Um, but but a patient, you know, probably somewhere in that range, um, who uh, wants to be active. and some of the goals may be, um you know grandiose like you know doing ironman some of the goals may be every day like go up and down stairs mm-hmm. so 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 they have realistic goals and and what they're fighting or dealing with is kind of a knee that won't allow them to do that and either because of swelling because of pain because of limited range of motion many many different factors and so they're they're in a situation where their knee is limiting they have goals things they want to achieve they want to keep moving which is great um, and then on the other side, there's not necessarily a great surgical fix for them. Mm-hmm. So, so like, like, like maybe they have, you know, arthritis in one of three compartments, but not three compartments. Maybe they have a meniscal tear that's partly torn. Um, but it's not a flap tear or it's not a bucket handle or anything like that. Um, maybe they have, you know, a combination of some patellofemoral disorder with, you know, a little bit of a knee effusion, mm-hmm. you know, so, so, so they're they're not a drop dead perfect candidate for a surgical repair and matter of fact that you know a lot of the patients will say you know i've been to my surgeon and they they say you're 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 not quite a candidate you know come back to me in 10 years (laughs) and and to me that's like that's just it's like short of malpractice like (laughs) like like how can you tell a person to just hang out for ten years. I mean, you know, the the innocent things of like even taking ibuprofen, patients think they're innocent, but really they they wreck you. So you come back in ten years you have kidney failure because you've been waiting till you can be quote a candidate for knee replacement. You know, those things to me are as tragic as the actual disorder, it's like, no, you can't wait to, to get better. You got to get better now. You know, your your metabolic health depends mm-hmm. on it. Your cardiovascular health depends on it. And like for you and I, our mental health depends mm-hmm. on it. So yep. there, there are many factors that kind of depend on you getting back to an active lifestyle. And and. To, to wait for a surgical fix, if there is a surgical fix, is, is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. And so what, what do you do with that window? Mm-hmm. You know, what do you do? You know, it's not acceptable to just kind of wait and sit on your hands. Well, regen becomes a great treatment in that window. Mm-hmm. And, and many, many, many of my patients have successfully gotten back to a more active lifestyle with, 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 that, uh, with that modality.
0: And I know that uh, this is a topic where me and Dr. Odom talk a lot about this because it's, again, it's our daily life, right? But um, we know that in that 10 year window that gets so often thrown around for just the quote, wait another 10 years and then see me then. Um, Gosh, I would say the patient that's on the receiving end of that, um, call it prognosis or call it treatment plan you know and air quotes here for if you're listening because it's not a treatment program if anything it's it's a license for failure right and we know physical health is a portion of this but as we were just talking before we hopped on here right all of the other factors of of what makes a person truly well are going to suffer dramatically right when you take that activity level away from somebody Mm -hmm. and so the strain the life load that now you're kind of putting on this person by saying this is my best option my best option is just to wait right I think it's it's something where we're passionate about that and we get fired up and we could probably do a whole podcast and then some on that, right? But it's it's worth noting for sure. Um, so I guess what, uh, what trends, would you kind of take that to more of a, that's what it is, what type of outcomes, what type of trends, like what are you seeing for patients that are deciding to undergo a, a treatment option like this?
1: Yeah, you know, we we talk about this in a lot in our clinic. We, uh, we, we certainly approach that kind of patient um, in a multifactorial approach. Mm-hmm. And so success for us um, is, is, is a buy-in to multiple things. So it's, it's, it's a buy-in to, you know, trying to, you know, watch your diet. It's, it's a buy-in to uh, good physical therapy and making sure your biomechanics are as solid as they can be. It's, it's, a, it's a buy-in to, um, you know, adhere to the treatment protocols that we have for, you know, for the injections and, you know, pre and post and, and those sorts of things so so it, it's kind of a, a whole program and a buy into that but but patients who um patients who are motivated to do that see mm-hmm. good results you know and uh, uh and their and their good outcomes and and uh i mean you know i frankly wouldn't i mean i've been doing this for 15 years you know 15 20 years and uh you know i i frankly wouldn't continue to do this if 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 uh, I didn't see the need, and I didn't mm. see the outcomes as, as they were. Um, and so um, and so it's been very encouraging. you know, and I think um, as uh, as this you know, as this field advances, it will only be better and better and better. Mm.
0: Yep, and that's something where I think you know it's been interesting in mind to keep an eye on the research for one, right? and then the utilization of regenerative medicine. How I remember, you know, when I started to come on board and and started my practice alongside of you, this was kind of you maybe among one or two others that I knew of, maybe you knew of more, that were doing this. And now we're seeing, oh, wait, this is working. Now other people are kind of coming into this space, which is fantastic, right, for the general population. But it's also very confirming that this is a, a fantastic option for a lot of people, right? Me being one of them, I've kind of gone through this myself, right? And so... It's uh, it's it's validating, but then it's also like we're we've kind of been doing this for a while now, right? Yeah. And we're poised for kind of taking that next leap, even to the the future beyond mm-hmm. this, because no longer is it should I do this or that seems a little out there. It's like oh yeah, this is this is something I'm hearing, and I'm hearing patients coming in asking about it without us even having to educate, which I think is very for promising, sure. right?
1: Yeah, I, I think as you saying, Andrew. I mean, the kind of the evolution of this has, has just is is exponential. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's not. You know, it's not a kind of a gradual rise. I mean, like you said, you know, years ago, I was kind of one of of only a handful in in the state, in the Midwest. And and now every ortho group in town, every one of our big box ortho groups in town also offer Mm -hmm. these kind of modalities. And so... Um, that that's important to, to understand that evolution. Even I look at, you know, the American Academy of Family Physicians. I remember 15 years ago, they would, you know, kind of publish an article about what to do, you know, standard of practices, what to do with tenopathies. And at that time, they would, you know, list kind of like prolotherapy as like, quote, experimental, you know. But now, you know, fast forward five years ago, a similar article about tenopathies and its treatments that listed that as now one of the first line, mm. you know, in addition to kind of other really tried and true things like eccentric exercise, for example. And so you see the, the, the understanding really kind of take hold. And as we know, I mean, th- this is true about most things in medicine. By the time the research shows it in medicine, incorporation of that practice is at least 10 years, mm-hmm. whether you're talking a drug trial or you're talking, you know... Many, many other things, and so um, you know the fact that it's starting to be incorporated just now is not surprising to me. But that that's usually how slow things move, kind of in medicine. And so what what we're accepting now, you know, to me is still you know 15 years behind where, where we should be, kind of going with some of these things. But but is where we're at, you know, in our application. And and you know, again, to 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 really make a point of this. The way that you know some of the other ortho groups are practicing that are are probably ten years behind the way we're practicing it, because for them you know surgery is still their bread and butter, so they're going to invest their time, energy, and resource into that as their kind of main thing. For us, this is where we think is the most you know viable solution for the right candidate, and mm-hmm. so we pour all of our energy into this, knowing that um, this this is a great treatment option for a lot of patients.
0: It's almost to say that sort of the stuff we'll get into, and we have gotten into it honestly thus far, is a, a bit of a look into the future in terms of what normal, common, outside of you know, streamlined, what I consider what we're doing very cutting edge. It's kind of a look into the future of what the normal accepted treatment modalities and treatment approaches are, right? So that's my goal. Maybe we just kind of transition just for a few more minutes and then we'll, we'll likely wrap up just to keep this thing somewhat brief, otherwise I'm sure we go all day. In terms of like, what does that look like in terms of returning to activity? Maybe even what is the PTA? You can shift the mic and maybe even ask me a couple questions if the listeners are interested, right? But like, what is the time frame, time time tables? What does strength training look like? What does return to getting back to your sport look like, right? Um, which you know to even go there right off the bat, it's it's pretty encouraging, especially when we're looking at more of like a, a PRP injection. We're not talking years of recovery, right? We're talking weeks. Mm-hmm and yeah. that's a pretty attractive option because we're noticing that patients are thriving with less immobilization less downtime than they would be getting with a surgery but even without a regenerative medicine option incorporated we're able to get those patients back pretty quick right and so within a matter of call it a week or two that patient is already seeing some promising results in terms of pain thresholds dropping down below what they would have been expecting pre-injection right and there's always going to be variance with that of course every patient's different every severity grading staging of everything um but we we have that luxury if we see hundreds of these now at this point right we've right. seen the data come in on our end and we can predict and we can say this is what we're going to see and most of the time like uh, odds are it's pretty fine-tuned and pretty dialed in, right? And so a patient's coming in and we can pretty much tell them in two to three weeks, you're gonna be feeling better. Does that mean we go right back into training? Maybe not, right? We kind of wean and we have to dovetail and essentially nudge them in the appropriate milestones to get them back into training successfully, depending on the sport, of course. Uh, We like endurance athletes and uh, we like the endurance sport, I should say, we like all kinds of athletes, but, um, but just using running as an example, right? Can I run on this? Yes, but it, we might wanna kinda do things the right way for a, a couple weeks, few weeks, but gosh, by four to five weeks, we have people running again, right? And they're, they're running better, and they're running with less pain, and that breeds positive performance and longevity, which is all these things that we wanna achieve and see, right? Um, anything that you think would come to mind for just the average person, I guess, really, recreational to elite, to anywhere in between, about, like, when can I ba- get back into this or that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think, you know, like like you've alluded to, You, I mean, you're probably the expert on this because you see a lot of, you know, kind of post-procedure patients and you kind of take them through the rehab after that. So I think you you have a good idea. Obviously, I see them in follow-up as well, but you you probably see them more times than not. Um, I, I, I think, again, like you said, I think that's an important point that the, the results are, are, are quite varied for each patient, so that's why the individual approach is really important. Um, that's why it's kind of, you know, Individually important to kind of be able to tell you and speak into your specific mm-hmm. case with specific detail um, um, Again, like you said it, it it's the return is different depending on what we're treating and how you know Compliant patients are how much they're dealing mm-hmm. with, you know, how much comorbid stuff they have to deal with um, but but yeah, I mean We've done this enough that we have a very good idea Based on the condition, the part, you know, the pathology we're treating, we have a very good idea of what it should look like and what, you know, what success looks like, what, again, recovery looks like, all those sorts of things. Um, and, 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 yeah, I mean, a lot of people are athletic and we, we'd love to return them to sport and that sort of thing. But, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll, again, I'll take my own situation where, you know, last year I got a meniscal tear and uh, couldn't run for a long time. And frankly, I I wasn't so much concerned about running. I was like, I'd love to get through the night without Mm -hmm. pain. I'd love to get through one night, you know, and it had been four or five months. And then I, you know, did a procedure and literally within, you know, four days, you know, I was sleeping through the night without pain. And at that point, that was, that was, that was my Super Bowl. That was a home run. (laughs) I was like, I was like, of course, I'd like to do another Ironman one day, but frankly, I'm really excited that I'm getting through I'm sleeping through the night without my knee waking me up. Like that's a big deal for me and I'm sure for many patients. And so um, you know again we, we 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 don't want to oversell it mm-hmm. and make people think this is, you know, somehow, you know, the the end all be all, but but we have seen many many patients do many great things and be able to return to Um, a a pretty amazing level, you know, and, and again, um, you know, we, we, have just seen good stuff from
0: it. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. Well, gosh, I think we could, we could keep going all day, but I I suppose we got to bring it to an end at some point. Any closing thoughts, remarks on small picture, big picture on this topic of knee regen before we, before we kind of wrap it up for today?
1: Yeah, I would just kind of, you know, I guess, I guess close with, um, you know, this is what we love to do. We love to keep people active, and um, I just think we have a great team that does that. I, I think we are we approach it from a very holistic point of view, and um, and I think we have a great track record, and so um, encourage people. You know, if they have questions, you know. We, we, we're always there for consultation, that sort of thing. So we encourage patients to just kind of reach out to
0: us. Fantastic, yeah. If this is something that resonates with you, consider us a resource, consider us in your corner, um, and we can help you decide if you're a candidate for this. And if you're not, we'll be happy to send you somewhere that it would be better suited for you. But boy, have we seen some pretty cool results. And so uh, we're, we're pretty confident in what we're doing at this point, which has been very fun to see and experience. Um, well, let's wrap it up there for the first episode. Thanks, uh, thanks Dr. John Odom for joining us. Um, On the Everybody Moves podcast.
1: All right, love it, love (laughs) it. What a blast!
0: Thanks for listening for this one, guys, and uh, we're looking forward to the next one. Take care.
1: Thanks.